0: Hey guys, you're listening to Terrifying Travels. It's Sabrina here, and today I'm taking on a day trip back to New Orleans, actually. Uh, I am slightly late, and I'm really sorry about that. I am dealing with a... It's a minor case of tonsillitis, but it's still taking... My body is slowing down in order to deal with that infection or whatever it is. So I'm just, like, I'm passed out by 7 o'clock. So I'm here now, though. Um, Excuse me if... I sound a little bit yucky. I have just gargled with salt water and I should be good to go for a little while. So today I'm going to tell you about Marie Delphine McCarty, or McCarthy, as we're not really sure. Also known as Marie LaLaurie, uh, the owner of the LaLaurie Mansion in New Orleans. So Marie Delphine McCarty was born in New Orleans on March 19th, 1787. She was one of five children of very well-off parents. Her father was Irish, and her mother may have been French. Other members of her family include the government, governor of Louisiana and Florida, uh, I think that's one person who was governor of two places, I think at that time they were kind of like one, and a mayor of New Orleans. When Marie was four, the Haitian Revolution was causing fear among slave owners in the United States. Her uncle had been killed by his slaves and some slave owners. Started treating their slaves extra harshly in hopes of keeping them in line. Weird. I would think the off- opposite would help. You know that um, you get more um, bees with honey than something else, and I don't remember what the other one was. But honey's supposed to be a better option. Whatever. This may play a role. May have played a role in Marie's de- development and her relationships with her slaves. Marie married her first husband, Don Ramon de Lopez y and. And angulo at the ripe age of three don was appointed the, to sorry no the ripe age of 13 i mean it's not much better but she wasn't three don was appointed to some high role in the spanish court and was asked to make an appearance in spain while on the way don died abruptly in havana this is also where marie gave birth to her first daughter only a couple days after don died the two returned to new orleans shortly after when she was 21, Marie married G- Jean Blanc, a prominent quote, a prominent banker, merchant, lawyer, and legislator. So he had a bunch of fancy titles. The pair may have may or the pair had four more children, but he died eight years later. She took a while to get married again. She married Louise, no, Leonard Louise Nicholas LaLaurie when she was 38 and he was 15 years younger than her. How spicy. It is now that she buys the property on Royal Street on her own. Her second husband had bought them a house on the same street as well, but this property was hers mostly alone as Leonard had very little involvement in it. The marriage was not perfect as Marie filed for a separation in nineteen or sorry, 1832 about eight years after their marriage, but the same year she bought the house. She claimed that, quote, he treated her in such a manner as to render living together unsupportable, which three of her children confirmed. They also had two children together, so I assume two of those children were the couples. Although the separation wasn't complete, a complete cut of ties, as he was present April 10th, 1834, when the fire marshals were called to the house. When the fire marshals arrived, they found that the fire had been set in the kitchen by a woman who was still present. Why was she still present, you asked? Because she was changed to the stove by her ankle and claims to have said it intentionally as a form of suicide rather than to be punished by Madame LaLaurie. The lady told the the fireman that extreme abuses had been happening in the home, going so far as to say people who went to the attic never left. This was added to by the LaLaurie family who refused to give the research... The rescuers keys to the slave quarters so they could be rescued. When the door was finally opened, the men found seven, quote, seven slaves more or less horribly mutilated, suspended by the neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Many of these people said they had been there for several months. Now, you can listen to a lot of podcasts that can give you the really gruesome details of this case. Uh, Maddie and I have already said, and I I feel like we're probably going to say this every time we do a case like this, we are here for the interesting story, not the extremely brutal things that were done to other humans. So I'm not going to cover that because it is nasty, um, inhumane, it's like barely a good way to cover it. So if you can, you want to listen to a lot of podcasts about it, there are tons. I've listened to this story a few times from a few different people. Um, and that's why I know I'm not going into it. A judge had, a judge had been present and found other people suffering from terrible injuries. When he asked Madame Lorie's husband about them, he was told, quote, some people had better stay at home rather than come to others' houses to dictate laws and meddle in other people's business. Which to me sounds like he is not exactly innocent. I don't quite understand how Madame Lorie became the head of all of this when her husband clearly knew something was going on. Um, although I think you'd find, like I said earlier, she kind of ran the house on herself. So everyone else was aware. Other, Everyone else was probably slightly participating, but it was definitely her name on everything. She led everything. Good for her, I guess. Prior to this, there had been mixed accounts of Marie and her slaves. Her slaves were often reported as being singularly haggard and wretched, but Ma- Marie herself was reported to be pleasant to black people, What, whatever that means. But these two reports were sort of conflicting. She was pleasant to her slaves, but her slaves looked like they had a particularly terrible life. In four years, there were 12 slave deaths at the Lollary Mansion. While health wasn't exactly great at this time, it was still viewed as a lot of deaths. Um, and this is a, like a house, too. Like, there weren't... This wasn't a... F- field that was growing anything like this was just a house in the middle of town so i don't know how many slaves she had but i feel like 12 deaths in a house in one house not a large field just one house is even now would be wild at some point the lo- a lawyer was sent to Lillery house to remind the family that there were in fact laws in regards to how you treat your slaves while there were enough rumors to require him to visit he never found any evidence of abuse the lady who set fire was not the first to choose death over being punished by Madame LaLaurie. In 1863, no nope, 1836, a 12-year-old girl jumped from the roof to avoid punishment after she snagged Madame LaLaurie's hair while brushing it. This caused an investigation where Le- the LaLaurie's were found guilty of, mistreating, of mistreatment and nine of their slaves were taken away from them. Unfortunately, they were bought by relatives of the LaLaurie family and brought back to the mansion. Uh, and I find that particularly, you were almost free, and then some related twat had to bring them home. Not home, but back. Another story would explain why the woman was chained to the k- stove of the kitchen. The woman would have been the cook, and as punishment for trying to feed the slaves without permission, she would often be changed to the stove and her children would be beaten. Which is not, like, physical, but that's also also emotional. It was wonderful. There were weird, weird responses to, discovery, to the discovery at the fire. Ooh, that whole line was messed up, but we'll move on. On the one hand, people were so outraged that they formed a mob and destroyed the pop- property. According to the police, pretty much only the walls were left. But the victims were brought to the jail, possibly as a safe place to house them up, but, but they were also available for public viewing. Now, I've heard a lot of stories from this time of people attending crime scenes to view them and completely demolishing them in the process, but the fact that these people were slaves probably played a role in this as well. Apparently, people went to convince themselves of their sufferings. Okay, sure. Um, I mean, I could partially understand, like, some of the stuff I've read about this is so wild, I wouldn't believe it, but I don't necessarily need to go see it, like... Maybe if you don't believe it, just walk away? After the fire, two of the victims died. Ooh, I started that sentence way too perky. And when the mansion was being rebuilt, at least two bodies, including the little girl who died, were discovered on the campgrounds. Madame LaLaurie was never charged in court for her crimes, but she did have to flee New Orleans after the fire. She first took a boat to Mobile, Alabama. Mobile? Mobile? I don't know. Maddie can tell me. And then continued to Paris. After six years in Paris, Delphine's son, Pauline, wrote a letter to his brother-in-law about how Delphine was considering returning to New Orleans. I don't exactly understand what he meant, but it seems she claims she had no idea why she left New Orleans. Okay. Her family discouraged it, though. Guess they knew why. I don't know why they didn't bother telling her why. Not much is known about Delphine LaLaurie's death, the rumor is that she died in a boar hunting accident in Paris, which I would love to know more about, but I will never find that, find that out. She was buried, buried in New Orleans, though. In St. Louis Cemetery Number no. 1, which we have talked about, a marker was found in the 1930s that translated to Madame LaLaurie, born Ma- Marie Delphi McCarthy, died in Paris, December 7th, 1842, at the age of 6 dash. However, archives in Paris say that she died uh, December 7th, 1949, at the age of 62. But records weren't great at that time, and who knows what translated, or what was lost on the journey back to New Orleans. I feel like at that time, to ship a dead body all the way back to New Orleans? That's kind of wild, but okay. The house that is currently known as the LaLaurie Mansion is obviously not the original one. The first house was mostly to start in the destroyed in the fire and the mob after in 1838 it was bought by Pierre what a cool tea last name and rebuilt to the mansion that stands now over the next few years it would serve as a quote public high school a conservatory of music an apartment building a refuge for young delinquents a bar a furniture store and a luxury apartment building over the next hundred year plus years there were multiple renovations done, making it into a very beautiful beautiful property, actually. At one point, it was the tallest building in the area, giving it a very impressive view. It was briefly owned by Nick Cage when he bought it for $3.5 million, but it was most recently sold to the current owner for $2.1 million, which could be interesting. Why did it go down by that much? Two other past owners ended up in an asylum, and the other in a coma, suggesting that it could be a curse. By the way, asylum is the word that I found, not the word I would use. Now, this would be a story worthy of the true crime side of our show, but it also has stories that meet our paranormal side as well. Many believe that the LaLaurie Mansion is haunted by the people who were tortured there. Since the mansion was rebuilt, that I, I assume that when they refer to certain rooms... They mean the area the rooms originally were. Um, even if it was built with the exact specifications as the original house, it's been added on to, so I can't see how it would all be the same. Anyway, there are claims that moaning can be heard from the slaves' living quarters, as well as footsteps throughout the house. Visitors also claim to feel an overwhelming negative energy. Owners claim that they can hear dragging chains and smell burning flesh, while a large black man in chains or a white woman with glaring eyes can be sometimes seen. Delphine LaLaurie's victims may not be the only spirits hanging out in the mansion. In 1894, a tenant was murdered in his room. While his belongings were ransacked, making it look like a robbery, nothing was taken. His friends said he had been having issues with a haunting in the apartment, and he claimed that there was a demon who was going to kill him. For a brief period, the mansion was converted into a school, actually one of the few few mixed schools in the area, but unfortunately that didn't last, and it was converted to a black primary school. I'm sure Madame LaLaurie hated that, so silver lining I guess. Although, I feel say- terrible saying that since apparently she did hate that, and she took it out on the little girls. Many little girls reported being beaten by a woman. There were no official reports made, so some write it off as a rumor, but they were also young girls, meaning that... They had no reason to know about Madame LaLaurie, and teachers may have thought they were playing pranks on each other, though, but, like I said, they didn't know that, so how would they base their pranks off of that? So, I don't know. A medium came in on a tour, and while she was able to tell the guides the stories of the house before they could, she also said that the evil has left the house. This could mean that all the ghosts have left, Um, they've been able to move on, or at least Delphine has left, meaning the ghosts can now live in their afterlife in peace hopefully okay so according to the reviews on TripAdvisor you can get a tour that goes by the house but the house doesn't give tours right now because I think it's privately owned either way multiple people say well the house is super creepy they never felt anything haunted there but then again how many of them got to enter the house so it's not often that I get to end my story kind of on a not really a positive note but a funny note if that was funny Uh, So yeah, TripAdvisor says, meh. So, But it still has like 4.6 stars, so I think that's pretty good. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Terrifying Travels. I hope my sniffling wasn't too bad. Uh, And I look forward to hearing Maddie's story next week week or in two weeks, I guess. Honestly, the two of us should start making a tiny episode where we just respond to each other's stories because Maddie's stories have been pretty good. Anyway, let's see if I can do it properly. Like, rate, subscribe subscribe, share. Thanks for listening and stay terrified. Bye.